Good morning again. Hi, this is Randy. And this is going to be my 20th podcast in my series, Common Sense and Ramblings in America. And today I'm going to be reading um, from a posting that I'm going to make, Who is Pulling the Strings in the Biden Administration? And you'll be able to read this in its entirety. And as always, common-sense-in-america.com. So today I'm going to read from this posting. Um, I'm going to start with Biden is an obvious empty puppet. In my opinion, I would wager that many on the left, maybe even the majority, know that Biden is a puppet. It is so painfully obvious. The man is in declining health and exhibits clear major signs of dementia. I mean, no disrespect to the man's health state. However, the fact that he holds this position of office is downright alarming. And it should be. He has seemingly great difficulty with clear thought. Speaking from a teleprompter is even difficult. Slurred words and confused sentence structure are exhibit A. Speaking without a teleprompter beyond just a short time will be a rare thing. Because he would have a very tough time convincing the rest of us that he can think, speak, and comprehend clearly without confusion. How many times have we seen and heard his gaffes? Lots. His handlers keep him out of the spotlight during the run-up to the election. That was for good reason. They kept him in the basement so as not to alarm the gullible left. But now he's got the office. How are his handlers going to hide it now? You've got to ask yourself a few questions. Surely the military Pentagon knows his condition. Though he is technically the commander-in-chief, I cannot imagine a military authority just blindly following orders Dementia Joe. Right? Biden was installed as a puppet. Biden was installed. Most of us know it. He's a puppet and will do as he's told. Signing executive orders to fulfill the agenda of his masters. He will sign all such legislation when it crosses his desk to Far-left controlled House, Senate, and Executive, and much of the judicial, will enable a snowball effect of transformation. Big question is, who is pulling his puppet strings? In my opinion, the executive producers of the big show are the globalist elites who essentially run the world, and we have been in the way of finalizing their new world order. The string pullers are their minions who are implementing the agendas to get the job done. There are many players and lots of interests to satisfy, but know this, most of us is very far radical left. We are seeing it just after a few days. We are in for a hell of a ride as this train picks up steam. So you tell me who, what, are some of the entities pulling the strings of Puppet Biden? This subject is currently being hotly contested. Who is pulling the strings in the Biden administration? I've written a couple articles on the matter already. One is entitled, Is Susan Rice the Puppet Master? The second article is a posting from Randy's Musing 2. Who is Ron Klain, Joe Biden's new White House Chief of Staff? And in either article was I able to make a definitive argument for either individual. So in this article, I'm going to broaden my research and hopefully come up with a more satisfactory answer. Guessing who would be closest to Joe Biden if he wins the presidency is the latest parlor game being played in and beyond Washington. Fed by encouraging pub poll numbers and by the liberal establishment's quenchless thirst to replace a force 
that can neither fathom nor control. Names of key Bidenists thus are being bandied about for wielding the keys to that potential kingdom. This insider's Game of Thrones is now honing in on campaign advisors and party VPs considered closest to the Biden brood. They include Steve Ricchetti, former chief of staff and Bill Clinton's veteran, and Nita Dunn, the ex-Obama communications powerhouse who is married to former Obama counsel Robert Bauer. Political ubermeister Mike Donilon, he and his siblings' family have served in premier roles within a Clinton-Obama-Biden axis. And sister, sister, sorry, sister Valerie Biden-Owens, she managed every campaign in her brother's career. Each are all good bets to continue playing mighty, or sorry, playing might mighty roles in Joe Biden's life as a part of his administration. Add this to the core, a circle of polls who by dint of position alone could propel or dispel any Democratic Party presidential wannabe. Start with the U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Democratic Senator Leader Chuck Schumer. Add a few political forces like Senator Bernie Sanders, Cory Booker, and former South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Then sprinkle in every one of Biden's soon-to-be-also-rans in his vice presidential derby. Senator Elizabeth Warren, Stacey Abrams, Val Demings, and et al. And you can claim you've identified the in-crowd, the ones who will have Joe Biden's attention. Yes or no? Yes, together with Joe Biden, they will be sent seen as frontline luminaries with front-page appeal. No, because they alone will not determine the success of once Bucket Joe as much as five others, a fearsome five who may bear no public title but will wield outsized influence. These five forces of nature, President Barack Obama, with a big assist from Michelle, time has not dulled his ability to move the hearts and minds of the party faithful, and he can do more than any other American to legitimize his former vice president as a ruler in his own right. Obama's reticence about giving Biden his endorsement early on will further fuel Barack's stature as a vital validator moving forward. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the firebrand of the fired up, will push that leftward move even harder without reservation or compromise. With little regard for convention, absolutely no regard for whose toe she breaks along the way, AOC will declare $93 trillion Green New Deal all but non-negotiable. You're in or you're not. Joe Biden will be bullied to play ball here, and he will in line with the popular bromide. You keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Former Obama Hood Secretary Julian Castro may have failed to score the nomination, but he did become a champion of decriminalizing illegal immigration in defense of those who crossed the border willingly, willfully and wantonly. With a growing influence of Hispanics in American politics and for Democrat prospects, Castro will be forced to be reckoned with. Black Lives Matter, this movement which at times has proved more than a match for the calamitous COVID-19 pandemic, is Biden's greatest dream and worst nightmare. 
While central to his electoral fortunes, BLM is in no mood to negotiate away protest-fueled mandates like defunding the police or reparations for all. We saw what happened recently to the Democratic mayors of Minneapolis and Portland when they appealed for some semblance of balance. Now imagine Joe Biden trying to straddle the same time. These five players share one thing in common. They want to forge a transformational tilt in the left that will not only impact our economy, health, security, and domestic tranquility, but the nature of the social contract that holds us together. Whether or not Joe Biden <coughs> intends for that to happen is already clear it won't be his call. Republicans are attacking White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain as a guy behind the curtain, and Prime Minister Klain as they try to push back on someone they see as a formidable opponent in the battle over President Biden's agenda. The GOP claim, blames Klain for Biden's refusal to negotiate the price down on his $1.9 trillion COVID-19 relief package, an approach they say conflicts with Biden's campaign pledges. We've gotten the impression from our members that they have been in meetings down here there that he's kind of the guy behind the curtain, said Senator Republican Whip John Toon. Aides to Senator Majority Leader Mitch McConnell have taken to describing the White House Chief of Staff as Prime Minister Klain, an effort aimed at hurting Biden. A Republican aide said the point of focusing on Klain is to undercut public perception of Biden as a leader who is totally with it. It plays into the theme of Biden's not really running the show here, said the aide. It plays into the theme is he's the figurehead and jovial and needs permission from his unelected guy to make any decision. The age acknowledged that Biden has a high approval rating, that the public has embraced the president's personality, but said that there is an opening for Republicans to argue he's not really running the show over there, whether it's Ron Klain or Nancy Pelosi or Schumer, who's really in charge. The other prong of the GOP strategy is to put pressure on Klain to back off and perhaps give Biden more incentive to negotiate with Republicans in Congress and show what they would characterize as greater independence. Senator Susan Collins, who led a group of 10 GOP senators who met with Biden at the White House earlier this month, says Biden is being penned in by Schumer and Klain. Republicans also say Pelosi is pushing Biden to the left. The problem is that what appear to be productive talks seem to be countermanded by the Democratic leaders in the Senate, Collins told reporters. She told, said Klain, tried to undercut any progress Biden GOP senators might have made at a White House meeting with GOP senators on February 1st. Ron was shaking his head in the back of the room the whole time, which is not exactly an encouraging sign, she said. McConnell himself on Thursday emphasized Klain's characterization of the Democrats' COVID-19 relief package as the most progressive legislation in a generation to suggest the president is being moved to the left. The president has chosen a very progressive beginning. His chief of staff on MSNBC yesterday said with regard to the COVID package, the most progressive legislation in a generation, a GOP leader said, the president has decided not to be a centrist. But one ally close to the White House blasted the Republicans' response. This is the political equivalent of frightening, fully screaming, the dog ate my homework, 
said one ally close to the White House. The reality is that they've made a major unenforced error in opposing a rescue plan that the president repeatedly invited them to be a part of and that the majority of both economists and Republican voters themselves support. Other Biden allies call the attacks on claims silly, particularly the suggestion it is he and not Biden who is in charge. They say Republicans are covering up for their own unwillingness to meet Biden halfway in COVID-19 relief and other Democratic priorities with broad popular support. God love Ron Klain, but Joe Biden does what Joe Biden wants to do, one advisor said. He certainly takes the advice and processes it. Ron is the one of the best advisors that the president has, but he knows what he has to do. Klain is seen as one of the most powerful White House chief of staffs in recent history, our memory, and has a tight bond with Biden thanks to their long history together. He served as chief counsel of the Senate Judiciary Committee from 1989 to 1992 when Biden was chairman of the committee and later served as Biden's vice presidential chief of staff from 2009 to 2011. Klain also assisted Biden's speechwriters during his 1988's presidential campaign. Thune said Republicans who have met with Biden believe the president truly does want to work with Republicans and tends to want to govern in a way that would be a little more consultative or cooperative in the middle, but his staff is driving him hard left. I hope they correct that and that the president asserts his authority in this situation because otherwise it's going to be hard to get any kind of legislative accomplishments that require cooperation with Republicans, he said. Klain has come under media scrutiny for playing a big role in the nomination of Neera Tandon as a budget chief. The Washington Post on Thursday reported, citing four senior Democratic officials, that Klain was an ally of Tandon's and a key advocate who recommended her nomination, despite a history of sharp tweets aimed at not only Republicans but also some progressives in the Senate. It is unclear whether Tandon has 50 votes in the Senate with a centrist center, John Manchin, opposed to her nomination. Claims told MSNBC's Joy Reid on Wednesday that we're fighting our guts out to get her confirmed. A Democratic strategist close to the White House told The Hill that it's clear in the case of Tandon and Klain is doing what he can to get this done. I think he's Nira's number one fan in the building. There's no question about it, the strategist said. The fact that he's still in contention is 100% because of Ron. Klain said Wednesday he would find another spot for Tandon to serve in the administration if she can't get through the Senate, but even so declared we're going to get Nira Tandon confirmed. Senator Joe Tandon is President of the United States, and Ron is very capable and very able chief of staff who has known and worked closely with President Biden for decades, he said. It's important to respect the fact that it was President Biden who said I would want to meet in person with 10 Republican senators right off the bat. What was scheduled for an hour went for two, and several of my Republican colleagues said Biden knew their numbers better than they did, he said. I disagree with, and I'm going to keep pushing back on this narrative that somehow Joe Biden isn't really the president isn't really in charge, and other people are. In an interview with Fox News host Laura Ingram on Monday, Trump was asked who was pulling Biden's strings. The president replied, people that you've never heard of, people that are in the dark shadows. When discussing his opponent in the upcoming election, Trump said, 
I don't even like to mention Biden because he's not controlling us. They, he added, they control him. Ribart reports that sounds like conspiracy theory, Ingram replied. Dark shadows, what is that? Trump said the people controlling Biden were people that you haven't heard of that were controlling the streets. The president also hinted about an incident where a group of about seven people plotted unrest during the Republican National Convention in Washington, D.C. last week. We had somebody get on a plane from a certain city this weekend, Trump said, and in the plane it was almost completely loaded with thugs wearing these dark uniforms, black uniforms, with gear and this and that. They're on a plane. The president said that the incident was still under investigation. A lot of people were on the plane to do big damage, Trump said, adding they were being funded from some very stupid rich people. If their thing ever succeeded, which it won't, they will be thrown into the wolves like you've never seen before, he said. Former acting director of national intelligence Richard Grinnell has taken stock of President Joe Biden's unprecedented flurry of executive actions as well as his policy priorities, and he has come to the conclusion that it was not really in charge. Oh, sure. Most supporters of former President Trump knew that Biden wouldn't be since it was obvious. On a number of occasions throughout last year's campaign cycle, the former vice president just was not in full use of his mental faculties. But in a recent interview, Grinnell talked about who he really thinks is in charge of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, and it's not Vice President Kamala Harris. It's Obama syncophant, Susan Rice. Look, I've said it before. But I think it's worth repeating. She's been given a portfolio as to domestic policy. We all know that that's a joke, Grinnell told Fox News' Maria Bartiromo. She doesn't know anything about domestic policy, but she's run the national security portfolio. She certainly has run the UN portfolio. She knows the State Department and really wanted to be the Secretary of State. So there's no question that she's running domestic and foreign policy, Grinnell continued adding that Vice President Kamala Harris would be spending the most of her time in the Senate, serving as a tiebreaker vote in the 50-50 chamber. Susan Rice is extremely excited that Vice President Harris is preoccupied in the Senate, and the shadow presidency of Susan Rice is front and center. But there is no question about that, he noted further. This is the second time this month that Grinnell has made this observation. Grinnell believes Susan Rice is doing more than just advising Biden on policy. Susan Rice has been tapped to do domestic policy, and what is really interesting about that is she's got no experience. Okay. On the campaign trail, Joe Biden claimed it wouldn't be an Obama third president, a third term if he won the presidency. Claimed that it wouldn't be an Obama third term if he won the presidency. It sure looks like Joe was successful in stealing the 2020 election, and so far he's packing his administration with Obama minions and is vowing to pick up where Obama left off. So shockingly, Biden is a lying sack of crap. In related news, Obama has admitted that he is the public master behind Biden, allowing him to serve a third term. Knowing what you know now, do you wish you had a third term, Obama? Asked himself. He was then kind enough to answer his own question. Uh, if could make an arrangement where, I add, a stand-in, a front man or a front woman, and they had an earpiece in, and I was just in my basement in my sweats looking through the stuff. 
I could sort of deliver the lines and somebody else was doing the talking in the ceremony, I'd be fine with that, said Obama. He literally just described what was going on with Biden during the 2020 campaign. Biden was clearly wearing an earpiece and somebody was telling him what to do. Now we know that it was Obama the whole time. Big picture-wise, this is Obama admitting that he's pulling Biden's strings and that he's the actual president-elect, not crazy Joe. There is no F in this deal, or if in this deal, because Biden really is planning to run his administration as a third Obama term. He's already said that he will restore all of the Obama crap Trump got rid of, like the Paris Accord nuclear Iran deal. Biden has dredged Obama swamp to pack his administration with Obamanites and plans on picking up all the terrible ineffective things Obama did. This was already smelling like an Obama third term, and now with Obama admitting he's Biden's puppet master, the foul stench is confirmed. Democrats have spent four years accusing President Trump of being a dictator and shredding the Constitution, but he never once violated the separation of powers or overstepped his authority. Obama, on the other hand, spent eight years wiping his butt with the Constitution by legislating from the Oval Office and ratifying treaties without congressional approval. Now it looks like he'll be doing it for four more years from the comfort of his basement in his sweats. I know, as usual, I have thrown a lot of information at you. However, I will do my best to put it all in perspective. The problem is that Biden is a blank slate, and too many people have pieces of chalk ready to write on that slate. Biden has no filter. He has lost it in the previous years. His major problem is that he has few, if any, moral standards. He has been a career politician, and his family has become incredibly rich from his career. He basically sold his soul in the Obama administration. Hunter, his only surviving son, has become a mega-millionaire selling his father's name and influence. Biden's brother is already peddling his name and his law firm. When Biden took office as president, he surrounded himself with all the lobbyists in D.C. swamp that he could grab onto. These people are running the government. Below, I listed or posted a Facebook posting about Warren Buffett. So, this is a, I'm just going to read this real quickly here. This is um, Burlington North Santa Fe Railroad, BNSF, owns all of the rail lines in the U.S. that connect to Western Canada, and they haul 80% of the crude oil from Canada to the Midwest and Texas, or charge other short-line railroads a fee to use their tracks. BNSF charges $30 per barrel to haul the oil, while the Keystone Pipeline would cost $10 per barrel by the State Department's own estimates. BNSF is owned by Berkshire Hathaway, whose chairman is Warren Buffett. In the last two election cycles, Buffett gave extensively to Democrat causes and candidates. He also bundled and hosted numerous fundraisers for Obama. If anyone believes that Keystone Pipeline isn't being blocked by Obama on Buffett's behalf, I have got a bridge to sell you. Buffett could stand to lose $2 billion a year if the pipeline is constructed. He makes the same amount every year that the pipeline is delayed. So, you may ask, how is this relevant? It is relevant because one of the first executive orders Biden signed was to stop the production of the Keystone Pipeline. Why did Biden do this, you may ask? Buffett was a major contributor, as I stated. Bloomberg, among another major contributor, gave $100 million to the Biden campaign when he tried to buy the state of Florida for him. By the way, in case you're wondering, Trump still won it. 
So you can get that Bloomberg will have some influence in the Biden administration. With 48 years of politics behind him, Biden has a lot of obligations to fulfill. That is why the Biden presidency has become a hodgepodge of disjointed actions. He is paying back all of his IOUs. Don't worry, I am sure he has plenty more to pay back. That is why he is also signing all these multi-trillion dollar progressive bills, because he is a basically human ping pong ball. His presidency has no cohesiveness. He is just trying to police too many people. So you ask, how is this answering the main question? Who is pulling the strings? Well, the presidency is being run by a committee. He is the one signing the bills and getting several orders and checks. That is all. Everybody is having a say in the presidency. So who is the 46th president? Good question. I think there should be an asterisk by Biden's name. All right, guys, that concludes um, my 20th podcast. So as always, you have a safe and a great day. And don't give up the fight. Until next week, take care.